Hey everyone, this is Dave Cruz from Flyber Labs, a podcast on business and innovation in the Midwest and beyond. Here you'll meet fascinating people and learn about new technologies and practices that will change how you look at life and business. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Flyber Labs, and today we get to talk to Vince Ball, and he's the Vice President of Product Innovation at NITEC. And NITEC is a product design integrated technology consulting firm. And their work is primarily around the lifestyle tech and a lot of work around IoT and wearables. And they've built some amazing products for Xbox and Carnival, Samsung, and others. And so Vince has a really interesting role. He heads up their product innovation center. And this is where I think Vince and NITEC explore and develop more cutting edge ideas. But we'll hear more about that for sure from Vince. So before NITEC, Vince was with Microsoft for many, year, many years, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about Vince's background there and uh, how he thinks about design and innovation and what he's uh, pretty excited for now. So then, Vince, thanks for uh, coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks, Dave. I'm excited to, to be part of this. Definitely. All right, so before we talk about NITEC and what you're doing now, can you tell us a little bit about your background and um, so we get to know you? Yeah. Better. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually started out uh, at uh, Paul Allen's uh, company called Asymmetrics right out of uh, right out of school. I focused on design um, at a local uh, university here, Western Washington University. Um, and that was really my first uh, foray into software uh, design and development. Um, that was a lot of fun, but it kind of set me up for a position at Microsoft, and uh, I did get a an opportunity to go work at Microsoft. Ironically, I was only supposed to be there a month. Uh-huh. I was there to fill in for someone else that had already had a full-time position there, and they just couldn't start in time, so I was filling in, and I ended up staying for 18 years. <laughs> so wow. oh it worked out. It worked out well. Uh, a lot of fun at Microsoft, um, mainly uh, in the hardware group there, uh, focusing on a, a wide variety of products. Um, and that that was exciting for me uh, because it really helped me learn how to develop product. Um, not only develop product, but design and engineer and then manufacture those products at really large scale at a very high quality bar. Um, it also helped me, I think, understand you know, what customers want, uh, what their behaviors are, how they use products, what they care about, um, but mainly around quality. And what were some of the products uh, you worked on? Oh, oh yeah. You, uh, you, that you, was the exciting part. Maybe some, could you, especially if you had like a, some good successes and maybe a flop too. Be yeah. Interesting to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we had, um, gosh, worked on so many different things from, uh, remote controls to mice and keyboards to um, smart toys. Uh, we worked on these Actimates. Speaking of a flop, uh, we worked on these these uh, smart animated uh, dolls. And uh, one of them was Barney. Uh, really interesting product. But we found out the toy industry is a little different than <laughs> the consumer electronic industry as far as how quickly they move and how quickly uh, those sort of trends move. And so while we developed this product, it was really great for kids. 
uh, it just wasn't a category that that made sense for us uh, from a development cycle standpoint. And then that moved into um, you know moved beyond mice keyboards, uh, gaming products uh, into sur- ultimately at the end Surface computers, uh, where I was a design manager for Surface. Oh, cool! Wow. I okay, and and so with the the Barney product, like what did you did you? Did you guys just not do enough? I mean, this is a very common mistake. So I might put enough research or understand the consumer, understand like just uh, the adoption rate or what was it? Yeah, we we really understood. uh, So what was interesting is um, we didn't understand the channel. Hmm. So uh, we understood the customer. uh, We understood the technology. uh, We understood how to create an unique experience that would engage children in learning. Um, what we didn't anticipate and I don't think understood fully is the channel of delivering toys. Um, it's just a completely different animal. Um, and the time frame, you know, of every six months they rev the toys. Uh, different toys come out and they become trends. And so when you're developing, you know, technology, you can't necessarily respond that quickly. And it just was a, a category that just didn't work for us. Interesting. Okay. And I haven't seen anyone really be successful in that type of category since. Uh, that's, yeah. What year was yeah. that around that you uh, did that? Gosh, it was probably 10 years ago, okay. 10, 12 years ago. Okay. Yeah. And, and, before- and then, at, you know, it's on the flip side, you know, mice and keyboards have been, uh, a, a category that had been hugely um, popular as well as profitable for many, many years. And obviously with the transition from desktops to uh, notebooks, laptop computers, uh, keyboards, that, that's a declining market. But we were, we're still, I think they were still selling like 2 million mice a month. Wow. Um, so <laughs> when you think about quantity, yeah, and reach, and you know, everyone has um, had some access to a Microsoft mouse. So it's it's pretty cool when you can develop and design products that have that type of uh, connection with customers. Interesting. So now, when you're at Nitech, how's your? I mean, I'm sure it helps in many ways, but is there a kind of a situation that comes up when you're thinking them through product design and NITEC and you're like, Oh, you know, we have to make sure we remember the channel strategy and like really research. That. Yeah. Is there something yeah. that keeps coming up yeah. or is, is it kind of just a integrative view of it? It's, it's really more integrated view. Uh, we, we do have situations where we're new to a particular industry. So, you know, maybe it's, um, we're developing an IOT product for heavy equipment. Well, that might not be a category that we're very familiar with. So we do definitely do our, our due diligence on, you know, what is the category customers, but also how is our client delivering that product, servicing that product? How do they reach their clients? Is it B2B? Is it B2C? Uh, and, and that's really important for us to understand. Uh, so we developed the right product. We developed the right uh, distribution. We developed the product in the right place, whether that's China or Mexico or the U.S. Or so, 
fulfillment and uh, is also part of the the equation. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. All right. And can you can you tell us a little bit about your role at uh, NITEC? And and I'm curious how you got to NITEC and why you left Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I had a, yeah, so I had a really great, uh, a great gig at Microsoft. Um, I was there for a long time and I had a really strong team and working on great products. So why would you leave? Um, I actually had uh, a family member that was ill. So I decided to leave and spend some time with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, in the, in that process, um, a friend of mine owns NITEC and said, Hey, can you come by and, and, uh, I've got this new building. I'm going to move some test equipment over there. Um, because NITEC historically has been, uh, for 43 years, uh, in an engineering staffing and, and test company. And so NITEC had a number of, um, large environmental test equipment that they were going to move into this building that we're in now, our headquarters. And I started talking to him a little bit about the business and, and, uh, we started developing what it would mean to actually build a truly world class product design and engineering, uh, consultancy. Something that's different than what our competitors are doing. Um, because you, we have competitors that are design agencies and they, they say they do engineering, but they might have a mechanical engineer on staff. And it might do something very beautiful, but uh, it's very difficult or costly to engineer because they just simply don't have that experience. And the other side is an engineering company. And engineering companies or consultancies will say they have design, but they might have one industrial designer. They don't necessarily think uh, they don't have this integration. And then lastly, the last piece of the puzzle, which we added this last year, is really about manufacturing management. And um, the manufacturing process and designing for manufacturing is really critical. And to bring that into the process early enough um, enables us to be in a unique position to really move quickly, uh, make great decisions along the way, and do that together as a cross-functional design, engineering, and manufacturing team. And so we we pulled that this plan together and executed this about four and a half years ago uh, and went from really no no business at all to um, a really outstanding uh, steady business wow that's impressive and uh, so and, and what's what's your role at NITEC um, so my role I basically lead uh, there's two businesses. One is the uh, client services, which is really the um, staffing side of the business, and then the uh, product innovation center, where we manage projects end to end, from design engineering and and um, manufacturing management. My role is to run that business, and really, you know, what it comes down to is, you know. I'm here to make sure the team's running smoothly and that we have great projects to work on and that we, the team has the right tools and capabilities to enable them to deliver uh, successfully for our clients. And then really to instill in everyone this customer obsession um, of ensuring great customer support and 
all of that really boils down to delivering quality across the business. Interesting. Okay. And, uh, you know, what's kind of a, yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on it, like your process at night tech. I mean, it sounds like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're quite integrated, which is, uh, yeah. which is really unusual, but, uh, yeah. How does, how does that, uh, it is for a consultancy, um, you know, not for large companies. I mean, this is really how large companies, uh, develop products. Um, it's very integrated. We start at the same time. Uh, engineering and design start together um, at the beginning of the project, um, really to understand uh, what the scope of this effort is, um, who the customers are, uh, what are the, the goals of this project, schedule, so on. But really, it, they might have a different level of um, effort at the beginning. Design typically has a... a a larger effort at the beginning. Engineering starts off more on a technology um, standpoint, but together over the course of the development, um, it's very, very collaborative. And down to the way we design the building and the way our process is set up, it's really meant to encourage that collaboration um, as well as very tight security between different projects because we do have, you know, Fortune 50 companies in here that want to maintain their IP and they they also are competitors in many areas of, across the businesses. Interesting. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to hear more kind of about uh, your integrated process. So I don't, know if okay. you, I don't know if you have a specific product you could uh, share some kind of like how you – Take it from beginning to end. Um, sure. You know, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you have one, but yeah. Interesting getting your head a little um, bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's take, um, I mean, Carnival, the Carnival project has been announced. Um, it's a pretty meaty project. Um, and that might be a good one to use that sounds good. Um, as an example. Um, so at the beginning of the project, um, we really, focus on on understanding um, you know what the environment is what the use cases are scenarios those type of things and um, that's done with the client it's done um, with the core team and what we call that is uh, discover phase and really what we have is four main phases to the way in which we approach any project um at the beginning of each phase um uh or at the beginning of the project we have this um discover phase with carnival we spent a number of hours um and days actually um on their cruise ships uh mm-hmm. understanding all aspects of essentially a floating city um you know, not only what is the customer experience, but also what is the cruise experience and what are all the different aspects that they participate in and how would that affect a designing a solution uh, for uh, improved customer experience. And so we took, uh, gosh, I think we had three different cruises early on. Uh, we spent an, uh, a bunch of time understanding what are all the different aspects that we could impact the customer experience on? What are really painful things that are happening right now? And how can we leverage technology or process 
to make improvements to those. So, so um, uh, wait, did, yeah. did Carnival come to you with an idea, or did they say, "Hey, we need to," you know, "Here are a few ideas we have." You know, what would make the most sense? Yeah. Yeah. So Carnival came to us with a few ideas. Um, it came actually the the guys that are leading Carnival from an executive level uh, came from Disney and the Magic Band uh, project. Oh, okay. um, and so they had some uh, ideas of how they could leverage um, the technology, although we're using a different technology, um, to create some personalized experiences for guests. Beyond that, it wasn't a, there wasn't a lot to find. Um, and what we did is we spent probably nine months just working on what those experiences could be, identifying those core areas, and then working to identify a platform um, of sensors and readers that would be installed um, throughout the ship, and then a wearable that would enable uh, the the system to come alive. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And uh, so how long did it take you from beginning to end by the time they approached you to... Um, it's, it's been about two and a half years in, in, in total effort. Um, and the deployment will be in November on the first ship. And so it's really interesting. Um, it's a really interesting project because essentially you're developing experiences for a, um, uh, floating city. Yeah. (laughs) Which still could be applicable to other... More yeah, you know, there's theory. there's all aspects. Yeah, there's all aspects of. Uh, you, actually, you want me to pause here because this leaf blower guy is out here. I'll go tell him <laughs> to turn this off. Is that? Do you want me to do that? No, I I can't hear him. I think we're good. Okay. I'll okay. Um, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So. Uh, you know, as we work through this uh, phase, we've got discovery and vision, refine and realize. Um, really, it's an iterative process. And uh, we work through um, developing the platform. We then add additional functionality and features. We then test those in the environment. And that's critical because there's unique aspects um, that come out when you when you introduce the product in that environment mm. so uh, give you an example um, with carnival in particular we we developed not only the um, sensors that are throughout the ship um, and readers that then read data off of those sensors the wearable but we also um, developed a new smart door lock for all of the cabins um, in collaboration with Tasabla and, and Carnival. So when we get in that environment, um, the environment of a ship is quite different. The, the construction is all steel. You're basically in a steel box, which creates really unique challenges for RF technology. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, so you just can't get that if you're doing testing within a traditional built building. And make it where you have drywall and wood and insulation, you don't have the same uh, effects on the system. And so 
it's really important to get into the environment, try and get it in front of customers early so you can understand how they actually receive and use the product instead of making assumptions. Another example is with the the wearable. It's uh, it's called a medallion. It's a uh, it's a, maybe a little larger than a quarter, and probably uh, about a quarter inch thick. That it doesn't have any working buttons, or it's there's no on-off switch. It's just always working, and that can go into a variety of accessories. So whether it's a pendant, uh, something you wear on your wrist, or or uh, put in your pocket, uh, it needs to work effectively in all of those hmm. um, ways. And with RF technology, your body uh, can have huge effect on the performance of uh, the radio and the way in which that device performs. Um, and so testing that and, and also learning, you know, people are going to want to put this in their purse or they're going to throw this in their beach bag um, or they're going to want to wear this in the pool and they're wearing a swimsuit. So how do we create these um, accessories that would enable that and then test those scenarios um, to ensure the system's performing perfectly? So, I mean, how do you adapt if someone puts it in their purse? Do you have to increase the signal or how do you, uh, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Yeah, so so what we do is then we take that information back, and and if that is a case that we haven't thought of, then we have to do some testing to see what are all the different things that could be in a purse that, that could affect the performance. What kind of performance are we getting out of it? Does it meet our minimum requirement as far as performance in that scenario? What's the number of people we believe will actually be in that use that scenario on the ship. So we know how many people are on the ship, where it's going. Um, is it common for women uh, to carry a purse around the ship? Um, and so it's we take those things into effect into factor as well. And and uh, what what else can it, well, what can it all do? You know, um, I'm guessing you can make payments, you can unlock doors. Yeah. Like or yes. Anything else? Or? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it it really is about personalization um, of your of your experience. And so, when um, let's give you an example. Say today, I want to order a drink. Or I want to get a drink. I'm out by the pool. Um, I go up to the bar, and uh, I have to wait in line to order a drink. To with this new system, I can order the drink from my chair. So through an, an application that runs either on your phone or on a tablet, um, I can order the drink. The uh, person delivering the drink knows where I am um, because of the wearable. Yeah. And I, I can actually track where my drink is coming from ah, nice. and when it'll be there. Cool. But what's better than that is if I decide after I order my drink, my, my buddy comes up and says, hey, let's go... Um, you know, shoot some hoops up on the basketball court, which is on a different deck. <clears throat> Excuse me. The system knows where I am. And so now my drink will be delivered to me there nice. instead of where I ordered it at my chair. And so that's around personalization. Um, 
some other things related to that might be um, dinner. Um, so uh, if if I know when my other friends have scheduled dinner, I may be able to schedule it at the same time. But when I arrive, there's historical information captured. One, they greet me by name because they know who I am because the the medallion is actually showing up on their display saying that I've just arrived. They can greet me by name. They can they know that, you know, I have so many people with me and that those people are also there. And uh when I go to order dinner, uh they might tell me about some different uh options on the menu that I might be allergic to. So to stay away from those because I've put in my personalization file that I'm allergic to peanuts, for example. And so they can really craft a, a much more personal experience as if they have a relationship with you. Hmm. So it's, it's actually really powerful. Yeah, it's quite a, a comprehensive system, which I have a question about. Before that, I was just curious if, uh, if I'm going to the bar or a drink, I have five people with me. How accurate is the location? Like, can the bartender, they're all like around me. Would the bartender know yeah. me versus them? Yes, because your picture shows up. So oh, that's the last five, <laughs> you know, five feet. Yeah. So oh. now, yes, your name shows up, but also your picture. Mm-hmm. And so that, that basically enables me to know you from your friends. I mean, yeah, I, I'm really curious to, about the use cases because, um, I mean, it sounds like this must take a while to put together. I think you said it took maybe it was maybe that was the nine months, but I mean, you have a lot of scenarios here. Well, there's yeah, <laughs> and there's other companies involved. It's not you know uh, just Nitech. In fact, okay. there's uh, ten other companies involved. Okay. Um, we just are the preferred hardware okay. partner. So there's a bunch of software, um, backend services, um, a lot of infrastructure. You know that that needed to be pulled together as well. Nitech is just the uh, primary um, hardware uh, partner. Gotcha. And who did, who did you guys do the use cases? Like, were you a part yeah. of the team? Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, and was there any use case or assumption that you made at the beginning that was completely wrong, or like that was surprised you, or anything mm. tidbit like that that you can remember? That's a good question. <laughs> it's fine if you can't. Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my no, head. That's but... fine. Um, all right. So let's see. That was good. I kind of like digging into a project like that because it kind of gets a, a feel for how you guys think and what type of projects you work on. Um, but yeah, I can, yeah. See, I can see why you you call yourselves integrated. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I'm curious, you know, what do you personally like to work on a lot? Like if you – if you had to work mm. on one thing all the time, what would it be? Or it could be like one new technology coming out too. Something that's like really interests you or really excites you. Um, what would it be? I would say like right now, um, there's a couple things I'm interested in. Uh, one is just where transportation is headed and how technology is really going to change this, um, change transportation in general, whether it's, trains, you know, airplanes or cars, those sort of industries haven't really changed that much. And uh, this feels really like a transitional time where 
we're really going to see some big innovation in this space. Um, so that's an area that I'm, I'm super interested in. Um, the other thing that is not necessarily a product, but something that's fascinating in an area that uh, keeps me sort of interested is just the aspect of customer service. So I know we're a product company, but customer service is so important to us. Um, and it's a, it's an area because I got into this service industry that really, um, makes me want to focus on understanding it more and, and interested in how just one employee can really affect satisfaction with customer, but also just the way in which, um, and, and in both ways, it can be good and bad, uh, right? So it's it's really um, critical to any business's success. And it, it's interesting to me to understand what companies are the most successful and how customer services play a role in that or not and and why that why that is. Would uh, does NITEC primarily focus on hardware projects? Like, would they ever do more of a customer service design type project? I don't know what that would look like exactly, even. But yeah, I, well, it's interesting. Um, I would say that we are focused on hardware primarily, and really the intersection between hardware and software and and services, and so how together do those create unique experiences? for the, the target customer? How do they solve problems? How do they create new experiences? Um, that's really critical. And so if it's about service, um, that's part of the problem that we're trying to solve, right? So if it's, a, um, if it's an aspect of how do we change the way um, people take uh, flights from Seattle to San Francisco, there's a journey there at all stages that design and engineering and technology can affect. And so it's really interesting to look at it from that journey uh, point of view and identify those areas where we can do something maybe sooner than later that can evolve over time to get to that ultimate experience do you guys ever come up with ideas and approach clients saying hey we have this idea for improving the transportation experience or whatever it might be um have you guys ever done anything like that yeah yeah absolutely um you know we we have done that we do that a lot um in a product in a project so you know as we understand uh what that customer or that client of ours is trying to solve. Um, and we really get into and understand what that, um, what that product will deliver or potentially could deliver. We are always identifying new ways to enhance that new features. Um, and sometimes new products that are complementary to the product that they came in originally thinking was the primary thing that we would focus on. Hmm. And that's all just about understanding uh, truly what it is they're trying to solve. Interesting. Okay. 
And uh, before we end, I, I got a, some more uh, personal questions. I, I was curious how do you yeah how do you uh, continue to keep learning? Like, what do you read, or who do you talk to, or um, do you take time to think about and kind of map out some of your ideas? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. You know, I I think I um, I tend to surround myself with other people that are in in not necessarily the same industry, but um, are interested in learning. And so um, whether it's in the technology area, whether it's in real estate, whether it's in um, boating, um, I try and really immerse myself in what that experience is because I'm always learning and I'm always interested in trying to make that more interesting, uh, better um, experience, uh, more enjoyable. So in some ways, it's probably a, a real pain for people around me because they're always <laughs> like, Vince, when you, just, can you stop. just like enjoy no. what's <laughs> here? <laughs> you know? Um, but I don't know. It's just the way I live. Well, you know, it's about uh, the way my I design my home. It's the way in which I, oh, where I choose home. to go on vacation. Well, I got to hear about those two things. Yeah. How's the, how, <laughs> how do you design your home when you go on vacation? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, I just, um, I've designed my homes, the last, last two, uh, three homes I've had. Um, and over time you learn what things work, what works and what doesn't for you, okay. what's important for you, um, and how do you uh, improve upon those things, whether it's, um, you know, where how closets are situated or how, how many closets you have versus how do you create the right uh, flow in, in your home for entertaining? What are the different aspects of lighting? How does that affect um, the mood of the event. Um, I like to have people over. And um, so creating a different thematic um, experience with lighting, music, yeah. smells. Um, I don't know. It's, a, it's, it's fun. That's another whole podcast because we like having people over, <laughs> but our home needs some help. So uh, uh-huh. I, I'm going to hit you up for some pictures because we're trying to figure out. <laughs> okay, so, sure. That's awesome. Sure. All right, interesting. Okay. Um, and let's see, a couple more questions. Uh, one is, yeah, how, so how do you get away from work? Or what do you like doing outside of work? Um, I, You know, honestly, my wife would say, <laughs> yeah. yeah, my wife would say I don't ever stop yeah. working. Um, so that's probably not a good thing. Um, well, but I just love work. I mean, I love what I do and it is a lifestyle. It's not necessarily work. And, um, so, um, I don't necessarily get away from work. I'm always, it's cause it's enjoyable stress. Yes, there are stresses. And, um, of course there are aspects that I do want to get away from and sort of, um, relax. And I do that through, um, you know, spending time with my family. I have two 
two kids, two boys, um, 16 and 18. They're active, um, a lot of fun. And, uh, that really is the one thing that as, as I am with my family kind of gets me out of thinking about work or engaging, um, in those kinds of things. Nice. So, yeah. Travel, do. travel a lot. Oh, you do? Um, okay. For, for fortunate, and fun. fortunate to travel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. What, what's one of your favorite places to go if you, uh, Keep going back. Italy, Italy, oh, Italy. Nice. I think nice. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I think I travel a little too much. Uh, I was fourteen <laughs> countries last year. What? Wow. Yeah, I know. Crazy. That's well, that's nice. Um, both uh, work and play. Is it for yeah, both work and and for fun. All right. And and actually, anytime I travel for work, I try and make time for a little fun as well. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it sounds like, you know, your work is in some ways your hobby too, which is in this day and age is not a bad yeah. thing. I mean, if you can no. create it, you can, you yeah. can you're gonna get that. That's what everybody's trying for. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think so. Um, yeah, I think I've I'm really lucky. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think that just about does it for us today. So uh events really appreciate your time and your thoughts and hearing about how you guys work at night tech and just uh what you're excited about so really appreciate you taking yeah. the time to chat well thanks dave i really appreciate um you taking the time to to interview me <laughs> definitely well yeah i definitely hear a little bit about what we've been doing that's right all right and your home so no but um, <laughs> but yeah and, and i thanks everyone for listening to another episode of flyover labs as always i definitely appreciate it we'll see you next time bye everyone bye vince